0: Today on the show, a chapel made of snow, this side of Narnia, diving deeper with the pro-life movement and a theology of the home. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground Super Bowl edition starts right now. Sorry, I should say football sport event dish. Event. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That's the one that would, no one cares about? I'm going to be fined by the NFL, <laughs> aren't I? Uh, anyway. You wouldn't be
1: the first person. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, it's too time for, It's time for the CU Weekly. <laughs> We're the podcast that tries to cut through the noise, <laughs> It's difficult sometimes, of oh, the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 386. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She is the executive director of the Women's New Life Center. Here in Ooh. Baton Rouge.
1: That I am.
0: Yes, Kathleen, mm. welcome. Thanks, good to be here. That's right, Olivia Galino is the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. She joins us as well.
2: It's true, I'm here.
0: We but won't mention the uh, the experimental king cake that we oh, may have been privy to okay. prior to the show.
2: I'm, I'm pretty, other than the things we talked about, I'm pretty good with it.
0: Yeah, you should, you should be. Uh, yeah. In fact, you can go to our Instagram feed to see what that king uh, cake looked like. Uh, Catholic Underground is our Instagram handle. Let's go up to the uh, the Jeff Star 1 near earth orbit satellite and to Jeff Blackwell himself. He's the technical director of the CU. He's the commandant of that very self-same satellite. Hey Jeff.
3: Thank you Father Christopher Decker and welcome to my step and repeat here. That's right, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's totally real, everyone. It's not just a picture of the Earth. <laughs> That's no. right. Uh, and uh headball is our video director in the uh, in the, the ball pit, the video cave. Yes, he is. Where Ed lives. So if you're listening to us on the radio, we do have glorious radio vision. Uh, mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. go over to Facebook.com uh, slash Catholic Underground, you can watch us every week. And, you know, I'm having a bit of a think, uh, um, my friends, hmm. because, OK, so we, we aren't able to uh, to broadcast simultaneously on Facebook and another service. So like mm. we can't simulcast on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's because of Facebook's um, algorithm. They, they don't allow it. It's a violation of the terms of service. They don't oh. want to play well with others. They don't. Uh, let's Got just it. call it what it is. So so I was thinking what might be cool is if, and Ed doesn't know about this yet, what might be cool is if we gave you a control room feed on on YouTube mm. and then you could swap over to uh, to Facebook for the live feed. That's kind of cool. So it's just a thought. I, I don't I don't know if Ed wants to weigh in on it at all but he's 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 huffing and puffing. <laughs> no, not do it. Ed. He's going to he's uh, going to blow the video cave down. Uh, we don't want to do that. Yeah. So, just okay. just a thought, you know. Yeah. All right. Let's so, do it. So or we could do I, a Kathleen cam, you know? I Kathleen
1: mean, cams, I'm, yeah. I offer, my, offer these services to you.
0: And all yes. you folks on radio and on podcasts are going, I don't care. Just get to the show. Could you please yes. start the program? Thank so, you. So um, in Louisiana, we don't know, uh, South Louisiana, we don't really know what snow is. In fact, there was the threat, there, there was the, uh, the remote <laughs> yeah. thought of the possibility of the threat of something that looked like maybe snow.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they still canceled. And school. they canceled school, and, and it was like sunny in seventy-five.
0: requisite milk and bread, and it was it was like it was maybe fifty degrees right. Fahrenheit. So, anyway, well, it is not so in Michigan. Michigan, as well as places north, they know snow. Yeah, and they also know how to make good use of it. So, whenever it's not too cold to attend mass, mm-hmm. um, there is an annual snow chapel that's built at Michigan Technical University. And it's really quite something. Um, we have some, some video if you're watching us on the stream of them. They're actually packing together. They build uh, they build these big plywood boxes uh-huh. and they fill them with snow and pack them down and make bricks. Mm. And they basically uh, make a wall, if you can imagine in your head, uh, uh, they make a wall with with these, kind of like you would make an igloo. And so they kind of create a snow chapel. And um, this is St. Albert the Great University Parish. They've been building the snow chapel for the last four years at their winter carnival. And uh, Father Ben Haas um, is the guy leading the pack there. And it's become such a popular tradition What's really interesting is it's at, that it's at Michigan Technical University. It's a public university right, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's the, uh, the Catholic chapel, the university parish that uh, has been doing this, but now it's really quite something. Um, he says, there's no plans to make it larger in the future. Right now, it's 35 by 60 feet. Wow. It accommodates around 300 people. And that's yeah. that's like some of our smaller wow. parishes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I think my parish church maybe accommodates a few more than 300, maybe yeah. 350. So it's the size of a small parish church. He says, there aren't any plans to make it larger. We want the feeling of being inside. Mm-hmm. He says, it's easy for us to just have more masses. And so that's what they do. They have their mass schedule out there, wow. which is kind of cool. Well,
1: I guess the smaller space there is, the more people... Uh, The closer you are, the
0: warmer. Right, that's true. (laughs) Look at Kathleen doing science Um, on
1: um, it. Look, I'm kind of smart sometimes. Oh, all the time. All the time.
0: time. So the. (laughs) I don't know nothing
1: about no snow though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They even constructed the altar out of a 500-pound block of ice. Wow. Wow. And uh, in 2018, last year, the chapel featured a bell tower.
1: What? And so
0: I guess the question is, why build a snow chapel? They Mm -hmm. said that uh, that. It started as a winter carnival competition. Um, he says, uh, Father Haas says, my, my first winter here, we just had fun building a, a statue. Yeah. Mm. And that was in 2013. The second winter, we did a scale model of St. Peter's. And, wow. and <laughs> the, the statue, there's no place like Rome. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so got the students uh, excited about what they could accomplish. And yeah. so they began thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. And I suppose you could say the idea... Snowballed from there. Oh my! Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So so if you happen to be near haughton Michigan, next week, masses will be held in the Snow Chapel on February 9th and tenth. The highlight being a candlelight liturgy, candlelight mass for uh, at 10 p.m. Friday.
1: And that'll be the last mass. That's right, because candles. Down.
2: <laughs> What's really cool is if if you if you
0: look on the internet, we'll put in the show notes uh, the the pictures. But they actually have little alcoves where they have candles.
2: Yeah, it's all little like yeah, you know, it's really kind of neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. there pretty you go. cool. So it
0: does. It asks a deeper question because in Louisiana we may not have snow, but we do have um, rain. Right. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when, they're, they're, when there's when severe weather like a hurricane mm-hmm. or, or even just a really dangerous rainstorm, um, you know thunderstorms moving through, people wonder people wonder what their obligations are. Mm-hmm. And so from the winter perspective. Um, Father Ryan Hildebrand, who's the pastor of St. Mary's Catholic Church in Huntingburg, Indiana, he tweeted three things to think about when bad weather arises on Sundays or holy days. Hmm. Uh, he says, number one, if the weather makes it impossible. Uh, the church does actually allow you to miss mass if it's impossible for you to go to mass,
2: right? right? Yeah, like it, the floods uh, a couple years ago Exactly, us. we yeah. had
0: floods in Louisiana. And mm-hmm. so that's a, an important thing to think about is, is, do I have the ability to get there? If I don't have the ability to get there, then... You can't realistically expect me to do so, yeah I, I can't be in a state of sin right because I'm not willfully choosing to right. do something that's possible right, right? I'm, yeah. I'm
2: and it's the the ability to get there without causing or inviting undue harm that's but, correct because yeah. I mean, like like with the flood situation, I remember like there were some people who could realistically get to their parishes right. and there were some people who would have had to risk like their lives right but, like yeah. they like right. theoretically, like we could try we could try yeah. getting past this road, but yeah. it's like you you might you know spin yeah. out or you, you might take in water like you it's better right, to just exactly not. Yeah. so
0: so right. in those states where you it's impossible for you to go to mass you don't commit sin right you don't need to confess it and you ought to feel free to present yourself for holy communion in the near future so yeah. that's good to know uh number two is the weather bad enough Or could you make it to the grocery store? If you look outside and think that you'd be fine to go to the grocery store, have your hair did, then (laughs) it's not bad enough for you to miss mass. And if you're like, Kathleen's hair, it's got to be did every week. It's got to be did. I get
1: myself on down the road. That's right.
0: So number three, take a look. Would you be terrified the whole way there? If you Mm -hmm. look outside and think uh, that you'd be able to drive to the pharmacy or the emergency room, but you'd be terrified the whole way, then it's probably bad enough for you to miss mass. Um, okay. and I've had experiences like that where the rain is so bad where I'm thinking, I, gosh, I don't know what the mass is at four and I've got to make it, you know, 30 minutes up the road. Mm-hmm. Usually I still go because I mean, there are going to be people there, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, as, as father says, if, if it meets these criteria, then stay home, stay warm, stay dry, stay safe, and perhaps say a rosary for the homeless who live in, in right. mm-hmm. significant oh, weather, yeah. right? Bad weather. So really good, uh, good news there. Good word. Um, to, to kind of tell the truth about these sorts of things, and kudos uh, to the folks there at Michigan Technical University for uh, a work of evangelization. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. It's a work mm. of evangelization. It's bringing people to the church. The church just happens to be made of big blocks of ice, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is cool. Right. Yeah. That's really awesome. So uh, we, we thought that what we would do. Normally we spend a good fifteen minutes on, on the top topic, but uh, you know, let's uh, just remind you, if that's not a, not bad with you, Jeff, there, uh, that that we are the Catholic Underground. Yeah. you have found yourself listening to, watching, taking in through some intravenous means. I don't know how that would happen. Um, I, thought
1: don't try. I thought you were yeah. going to say taking notes. I was like, wow,
2: okay. No,
0: yeah. I, I don't think you can get CU by IV yet.
1: And Not, don't
2: try. No, no, no. It's a joke, people. Right. <laughs> it's a joke.
0: You, you uh, might nick a vein and then you're going to blame it on us. So no, no. You're, <laughs> you're listening to the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, I promise. Except and no he, substitutes. And he's
2: back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Making jokes yes. that
2: we have to put disclaimers and on. That's true. Indeed. Welcome
0: to my life. <laughs> I disclaim everything, even in my rectory with my cat. Like, oh, by the way, that's yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> Don't write that down. Call me
0: Father Risk Management. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Lee is here. Yes, I am. Uh, Jeff Blackwell's up on the Jeff Star one. Yeah, Olivia Galino is in studio. And Ed is switching as the video. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, our picks I mean, of the yes. week are coming up, but we thought that we would talk a little bit about um, the pro-life movement. Yes. Because I mean, there's a lot going on here, and it's it's no coincidence that all of all of the the things that have been happening lately uh, in various legislatures across our United States. Seems to be very, very close to uh, a little thing that we call the March for Life. Right. And I don't think it has anything to do with the beginning of the year and pushing these things through. No, no. I know. I think it's because uh, there there is a media event that the media doesn't cover. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know what the number. Do you know what the number was by chance of they, the March for Life in Washington? Their
1: early estimations were like something like 650,000. Wow. Um, I would say any, it was it was huge this year. Yeah, it felt um, that big. Yeah, when you watch the time lapse video, that's kind of where there's no real official number. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Conservative, you know, guesstimate guesstimations Just the mm-hmm, are always around 300,000. Right. If you listen to the news, there were a couple dozen people out right. there,
3: exactly.
0: yep. <laughs> That's right? like three yeah. guys and a chicken with yeah. a banner, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much.
1: Mm. But it's interesting because you know, the March for Life, the National March for Life, is such a huge event, yeah. Um, you know, and and I've this was my 10th year going, um, and and every year I've watched. People and myself included learn how to be a member of the pro life movement. Yeah. And, you know, because oftentimes
0: what's painted in the media are the extremes. Right. We're just crazy
1: people out there yelling and, you know, with graphic
0: images, Images, which there are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But it's a super small subset of people. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, so there's different approaches to. The pro-life movement mm-hmm. and and there are things in the you know in the media as we know that are that are um that are in the news that are happening right now so mm-hmm. in new york we know that they just legalized abortion um up to the moment of birth mm-hmm. which is is pretty drastic mm-hmm. um and and all that comes with that you know just some some things some you know allowances so um it doesn't have to be a a a physician to perform an abortion Mm -hmm. um it It
0: redefines what a human person consideration would be
1: right to exclude unborn children Mm -hmm. right which there's always been that talk is this a child no we're going to call it a fetus Mm -hmm. or we're going to call it a clump of cells right um it removes protection uh for infants born alive during an abortion
0: which is which is really something
1: yeah um and the, uh, the law's purpose is to secure for every pregnant woman a, quote, fundamental right to choose to carry the pregnancy to term, to give birth to a child, or to have an abortion. All right? The law also says the state shall not discriminate, deny, or interfere with these rights in in any other regulations. Mm. So it's, it's drastic what happened in New York, um, and it's catching a lot of news. But I, what I didn't realize, because I thought this was like a, Kind of a a one and done thing. There yeah. are states across the United States that are following in these footsteps. That are reexamining yeah, right. their yeah. legislation. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Vermont is considering a similar bill. Virginia um, narrowly defeated a similar bill in the legislature. Um, Texas was was coming up with some some things that were very similar. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, here in Louisiana, and and this is where you know in my own pro life journey uh we're super sheltered because louisiana Mm -hmm. is i'm going to say
0: i think it's the fourth most according to the louisiana right to life it's the fourth most pro-life because i was
1: going to say that we are the number one
0: we're definitely in the top five right yeah Yeah. so
1: i mean like louisiana our legislature we have legislature going through right now um, that is going to require abortion doctors in the state of louisiana to have admitting rights Mm. to um to local hospitals Mm. and in fact if that goes into effect um, I think they pushed it back to next Thursday. Mm. Um, it's at the Supreme Court right now. If it goes into effect, we'll have one doctor in the in the state mm. that can perform abortions, wow. which um, will be an incredible victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But even that our that our state was pushed this legislature through, mm-hmm. and when they request when the abortion clinic requested a stay our um circuit court the fifth circuit court in new orleans said no mm-hmm. yeah right and so so we are totally i mean i am totally um sheltered here yeah, in louisiana yeah. you know, so when stuff like this happens across the united states it's like
0: it's all the much more yeah. of a shock right yeah, not much more like, of a shock
1: what yeah. and so you know i remember i was i was telling um i work right next door to the the abortion clinic karen batner mm-hmm. and um I, you know i remember i was telling people that I worked with, I said, you know, when I first started, when I first started and and I learned about abortion, I was in, I was in high school. And, um, it was interesting because the abortion clinic here in Baton Rouge, I found out when I was in high school was literally across the street from my pediatrician's Mm -hmm. office. Mm. And I, I mean, I was (laughs) social justice minded. I was, you know, Mm I was ready yeah. to go yeah. and I like, you know, was flipping tables. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you, know, like, so you can flip a yeah. table <laughs> yeah. when tell <you> <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I was like, you know, I was so focused on the baby mm-hmm. and I was like, everybody yeah. else in this movement is evil, mm-hmm. you know, and I had really good people, really, really good people who really balanced me out and were like, Hey, why do, mm-hmm. why do you think that women, you know, choose to have abortion? I'm like, cause they're bad. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, No, 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 Mm. think, think beyond that. You start to learn why, why women are, are, you know, have this choice. And then you learn about the rest of, of what goes into it. You know, what, you know, what rights do a father have and what, you know, um, what about the doctors and the nurses and you start to, you know, see them as human beings. And like, I calmed down a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my first, you know, reaction was, was very much like, let's go out there and picket people. And Mm -hmm. like, you know. And I really have have seen when you see the the larger um, effect that this this one choice has, yeah. you know, not just on on the baby that was created, mm-hmm. right, but on the whole on the like that one life and what what it touches, yeah, right. And then you start to learn about politics and all that goes into that. You know, it's like, ugh,
0: you know. So there was some would say that that uh, the the big events, right? right, the the March for Life. Um, um, Trying to be an advocate in the legislature, there are some would say that 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 is is failing.
1: Right. Well, when you look at the number, right, you have eight hundred and eighty-two thousand abortions were performed last year in the mm. United States. That's overwhelming,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? And and there are t- like you know every time I go back on the March for Life, and I've only been ten years, I've met people who have been, you know, since it started. Wow. Yeah. You know, you're talking twenty, some maybe maybe even thirty years, mm-hmm. um, and you think you know, every year we yeah. say next have, year, have, we're not going to come how, back. And it's yeah. like,
0: not to move, a, uh, use a football metaphor, but have we moved? Uh, right. Have we made a couple of downs at least? Right, you right, know. right.
1: And it's like, man, you know, and, and you, you come back every year and you're fired up. And then the fact that you had to start it up again, planning your trip in October, yeah. you know, again, it's like, what are we even doing? Like, what is the, what is the purpose of this? And so mm-hmm. some people might say like, you know, this kind of Joan of Arc, ride your horse into battle. Yeah approach may not be effective, Mm -hmm. but I think it is, Mm -hmm. you know, but we also want to focus on what I've learned is the little flower way, Mm -hmm. right? These small acts of, of, of interaction with women who have had abortions, who are facing abortions. You know, the first time I I talked to a woman who had had an abortion, Mm -hmm. it puts a face to that, Mm -hmm. to that story. Yeah. And it's no longer somebody that I can stand on the outside of, you know, of, uh, and yell at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But somebody that, you know, you Needs see. Needs tenderness. Right. You see yeah. the pain and you mm-hmm. see the, you know, and, 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 you know, where I work, we offer, um, ultrasounds and, and counseling and, uh, mm-hmm. pregnancy tests for women, um, as an alternative to what's going on, you know, right next door. And, um, just like the idea of being face-to-face with those women we're not like you know it's not on the march there's not a million people around it's Mm one-on-one yeah and
0: somebody who who is who is afraid right afraid vulnerable yeah right and 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 i think that that um, oftentimes we tend to because the world tells us to we tend to look at things in an either or like the big thing's not working so we have to do the small thing or the small thing's not working so we have to do the big thing But the Catholic answer is almost always both Both and. And and we do need those advocates that that are willing to to mount the horse and ride with the standard. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, And over 650,000, as an estimate, uh, of you have done that whenever you go to Washington, D.C. And probably the 1,000 or so that showed out just in in Baton Rouge, in our capital city, for the Louisiana Life March. And then the probably 1,000 or so that showed up at all these other parts of the state to, to do that those are important because that is a public witness right but it, it's certainly worth saying that you, you have to drill down into realizing that this is also about the individual right you know not not just um, the the individual baby that, that right. is that is on the line, the, the, the woo the, the child in the womb, but also the mother right. You know, and that perhaps that's a personality that you that you must interact with first. Right. That's a that's a soul that you must interact with yeah. first. And I always think that it's great to to muse on how the little flower is a good model, mm-hmm. because I mean, Therese, Therese in her own heart was Joan of Arc. Right. Mm. Therese wanted to 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 take up a steed yeah. and she wanted to ride out uh, as a crusader and right. she wanted to be martyred mm-hmm. for the the cause of the faith and yeah. and she was young she was what what 20
2: 24
0: 24 yeah. and and she was ready and willing mm-hmm. and yet the lord said to her no no therese you were you you're a little you're a little monk you yeah. know mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. you're in a carmel um your vocation uh, your vocation is not outside of these walls. And of course, if you've read uh, the story of a soul, uh, the little flower, she's kind of musing on what What do I do? How do I, how do I join this, this desire that's in my heart mm-hmm. with the reality of my vocation? And she says very simply, I know, I I'll be love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so Therese is the patroness of the missions. Yeah. Yeah. She's the patroness of all of those who are on the outside of the walls of a convent yeah. and and she is doing she was doing that spiritual work yeah and so. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what's so beautiful about the trips that, that, you know, that I've been a part of out of Louisiana, the youth trips, mm-hmm. is you take these kids on a Joan of Arc moment. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they're like, right. yes. And then you you have a whole 24 hours on the ride back to be like, now, how are you going to be a little flower? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you going to respect life every day? Mm-hmm. You know, and because the, the reality is, is that these kids may never. Um, if very seldom, I don't, you know, I don't know. They may never come face to face with somebody who has had an abortion or yeah. is facing abortion. And yeah. and the reality is, is that they, some of them will, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what do you do in the meantime? Right. You know, what do you do in the meantime to respect life, to, to, you know, stand up for life mm-hmm. when it's not a baby in the womb? Yeah. yeah. You're know, just and, to and, promote a culture of life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that that translates to, it's not just about this, you know, one of the most beautiful things that, um. That we say at, at my job is we say, it's not our loss and it's not our victory, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But, but I can't wait. I can't wait. To be faced with, you know, someone comes up to me and says, I'm considering an abortion. Oh, I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that kid in the lunchroom who has nobody to sit with them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, that woman at work who is always like she walks away and people are always talking about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what the culture of life is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is where that little flower moment comes in. Mm-hmm. It's in the everyday small things. Yep. You know, the majority of us are not going to be up on the stage at the national rally, Mm -hmm. you know, firing up a crowd of a couple thousand people. You know, that would be awesome. But what are we called to do in our everyday life? Which I think is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen about, Mm -hmm. you know, the trips that I've been involved with, especially with the young people. Learning how to
0: make life choices, right? right? Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. choices that are oriented towards life and things that are life giving. You know, for some reason this morning, um, I was thinking about my, my ninth grade year in high school. Now, obviously I'm not a woman. So, I, you know, but, uh, but I remember sitting by myself cause I didn't know anybody. I was at a new school and I didn't know anybody. And I was sitting in the square at lunch, you know, unwrapping my sandwich. I'd never taken my lunch to school. You know, that was something new. And I was there by myself and across the square, um, was, was a kid and, and he was sitting with a group of his friends and, uh, he looked over at me. He saw that I was by myself and he went, and he, like, patted the, oh. the, the, you yeah. know, the, the bit of brick or what, the wall next to him. And that was my lunch spot for, you know, the rest of the time I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And that, was a, that began a group of friends that, you know, we don't all talk very much together. But that was a pro-life yeah. Yeah. moment, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we sometimes we try to, to always try to kind of pigeonhole of, of what pro-life right. means. Mm-hmm. But, but those interactions, person to person... Are the things that then begin to open up into these crisis situations where you have someone that says, "Uh, "I, I don't know what to do in this situation," but to be able to call somebody over and say, "Okay, let's 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 Mm -hmm. be human together about this," you know. Which, by the way, thanks Kurt for uh, for letting me come over, you know. But that's the thing; is it gives a name and a face to a person, Mm -hmm. and that person may be struggling. Right,
1: and these, I mean, and if you're like me, these these large, you know occurrences like things that are going on in New York and across the country can be very um, disheartening and very overwhelming. And you know, you want to, you want to go out there and get on your horse and take up your sword. Um, and great if that's what you're called to do. But if it's overwhelming to you, I encourage you to, to look for the little flower way, Mm -hmm. look for the little way. Right. And as mother Teresa says, do small things with great love. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about in your everyday to build up that culture as you know, like, just every day to Mm -hmm. look for moments where you can answer God's call in your life to, to build a culture of life and of love. Mm -hmm. That's right.
0: And and you can be a a mode for the good, the true and the beautiful to become active in somebody else's life. And that's really, that's really what uh, the work of a a Christian is about, is supposed to be recognizing my desire for what is good, true and beautiful, and then accessing it, right? Going to Mm -hmm. mass, uh, going to the sacraments, uh, Painting, taking up photography, doing something beautiful with my life. But it's also in the interactions where someone else is looking for that which is good and that which is beautiful and to realize that I can be an instrument of that too mm-hmm. you know so so very very good stuff and you can see why we wanted to give a little bit more time oh, yeah. to uh, to this topic because there are all sorts of tendrils to it mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's one of those things that really does need to be spoken about in a positive manner right. and not just within kind of a political football manner right because right. these mm-hmm. things become I say it in my homilies a lot this becomes a political football and so we forget that it's a moral yeah. issue first mm-hmm. yeah. and even before it's a moral issue it's an issue of the heart and mm-hmm. an issue of the soul therefore it becomes a moral issue Mm -hmm. and And if you're
1: looking for something to do pray for our pray for our lawmakers Mm -hmm. yeah and it may be very hard because you're a little hurt and maybe angry Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's one of the most important things that we can do is pray for the conversion of their hearts Mm -hmm. yep
0: that's right, exactly. And uh, and we start with, uh, Lord, change my heart first. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, help me to pray for those whose hearts need to be changed as well. Because mm-hmm. we always assume, I always assume that my heart's the one that needs to change first, <laughs> yeah. right? And then we pray for everyone else. So uh, stick with us on the other side of the break. There's going to be a little bit more about the theology of the hearth in the home. You're watching The Catholic Underground and listening to... You're listening to the Catholic Underground. Sorry, I didn't mean to go a little punk uh, on you the there. It's, it's been. It's going to say. <laughs> oh, it's like the. It's like the '90s again. Uh, uh, I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee. Hello. Olivia Galino, Ed Ball in the Ball Pit, and Jeff Blackwell up on the Jeff Star One. Who dat? Yes, yeah. indeed. Indeed. Who dat we, we indeed? say that. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching us uh, up in Northeast now, we don't know the outcome of the game because we're not clairvoyant. And we don't no, care. We don't and care. we can not <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. Yay, but, but I know that a whole bunch of you, I know a whole bunch of you watch us in yes, the Northeast. And of course. So, we're rooting for whoever you're rooting for because, yeah, you know. Patriots, why not? We're just yes, here we're to not. have a good time, though, today. <laughs> yeah, I'm still yeah. rooting for the although, Saints. Yeah, although <laughs> although I'll tell you, exactly. from, a, from a graphic design perspective, the Rams have an excellent helmet design. I love that classic design. I think yeah. you
2: might be the only person... On, in the country, who's thinking about that Oh, no, right
0: the now. graphic design is awesome.
2: No okay, from, maybe yeah. it's just not me. Okay. I mean it
0: doesn't beat a Florida Lee. I'm just saying because I mean True. that has other, but amen. But but as graphic designs, like if I were to pick a, a winner, just <laughs> based on just
3: on graphic design, design. design, yeah, yeah I, mean, I kind of like okay. the flying Elvis. Uh-huh. Oh, is that the, what the hat yeah, looks like uh, to you? You think? Yeah, well uh, that uh, patriot, yeah, with yeah, the red, with white, the, and blue. With the banner, they call thing. it the flying Elvis. Is that what they call it? Yeah, really? That's the nickname. Oh.
1: All I hear is blah, blah, blah. I feel like <laughs> I should be in the Super Bowl.
0: I feel like I've learned something.
1: Not <sighs> that I'm bitter or anything. Moving yeah. on.
0: Yeah. Boy, we just made this a non-Evergreen episode. <laughs> oh, you're right. But that's all right. That's okay. Um, well,
1: the issue is not going away. The world will remember. No, that's, that's
0: true. My goodness. All of a sudden we're...
1: Never forget.
0: It's the 17th century all of a sudden. All right. Well, do you hear the people saying? Because I do. All right. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, kind of dovetailing a little bit on, on the, the notion of creating a pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not just an issue about abortion. It's not just an issue of, of elder care and things like that. But creating a theology of the home is really what begins to build that pro-life mm-hmm. situation. Right. Huh? And, uh, and so we thought we'd talk a little bit about the theology of the home and most specifically how it affects the father how it affects the man. Because mm-hmm. uh, we, we tend to think of a family, oftentimes, I, I don't know, this, this, maybe I'm different, but normally when I think of the family, the first person I think of is the mother yeah, and the yeah. child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Like yeah. the first ones to go off the boat in the Titanic because we need to get them to safety mm-hmm. first, women and children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a there's often a silent man. Mm-hmm. If you're St. Joseph, you are silent, right? right yeah. But, but a theology of home mm-hmm. can help to make a man a hero.
2: Yeah. Well, and I wonder, too, about, like, if if our tendency to go towards thinking about the mom and the child is not because we have kind of a matriarchal society still down, or, like, a culture still in Louisiana, but that's just an aside. Anyway. Maybe. Um, but, no, I, I think that you're right, um, and I think that, you know, you can go back to Genesis to see why, you know, if we if we want to start with a theology of home, we first have to look at, like, okay, who is who is the head of that home? Mm-hmm. Um, in in the holiest and most servile way, who is the head of that home? Yeah. Um, and it's actually interesting because I, I wrote my uh, undergraduate thesis on uh, the philosophy of home. Did you really? Um, yeah, like a phenomenological perspective of home. So I was like well really now. jazzed to. I think Jim's a prophet. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I was really jazzed to you hear to that, get Jim. This.
0: You're a prophet.
2: He profits. To, uh, I don't know. We like you. We love you, Jim. Uh, anyway, I was going to try, but I'm not Father Christmas. Okay. It's okay. Um, but no, um, so the, the author of this particular kind of musing on, on what a theology of home um, isn't really is, is the focus that she takes um, on it. She starts with just a glimpse of two husbands and fathers. Um, and she says that, you know, for the first one, um, the the um, the wife is writing that, you know, we were in the throes of babies and toddlers, pregnancies, postpartums, so just chaos kind of. Um, and she said that my husband would often walk through the door after work with groceries, pour me wine, and hold the baby in one arm while he made dinner with the other. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember some <laughs> days
2: being too exhausted to reciprocate with much except an ardent feeling and expression of gratitude to him, for him. That image of him still stands in my mind as the image of heroic manliness. Yeah. And then the other one is similar. Um, you know, another good husband and father um, that the author knows once said that when he arrives home, he says to himself, It's showtime. Yeah, you rather, know, like-
0: rather than. I'll be in the man cave right yeah, yeah.
2: because this is like I, I love that phrase like it's showtime because like yeah. this is really what I'm that's right this I is I the dadding
0: for. moment this is the yeah. husbanding moment yeah. yeah
2: this is what I exist for oh, that's
0: awesome yeah because I say that to myself before mm. I process in for mass or something yeah. I don't know if I say it's showtime because you know <laughs> but 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 effectively like there's a little down there's down a, the there's a, <laughs> I never prance I only sashay um yeah, but, but I, I think something similar in my mind, like, mm-hmm. o- okay, Lord, now is, now is your mm-hmm. moment. Right. right now yeah. is the moment. Yeah. Like a
2: stealing of the mind for what's exactly, about to come. That's yeah. Right.
0: Actually, I say, in Troibo at altari day. Okay, that's what well, I there, say. that's
2: of yeah. course what he says. AKA, yeah. yeah. okay. I, w- <laughs> I will go down. into the altar, <laughs> the altar of God, of God yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quilatificat
0: juventutum meum, to the God who gives joy to my youth that's the other that's the other part of it. Keep going. Sorry. Beautiful. Sorry. I digress. <laughs>
2: digress. No, it's not a digression. I love it. Um but no, and actually like just as a little personal aside, I remember my mom telling me something about my own dad when um when we were uh you know all kids and t- babies and toddlers um she she said that my dad would come home from work and ask for a diaper like mm-hmm. who needs a diaper changed who needs a bath? oh yeah like she said that he would come home and he would ask like okay like give calling me, all give me something yeah calling
0: all babies and
2: i don't know that just like that image i don't remember it obviously mm-hmm. but that image always stu- just stuck with me that like he came home looking for like like that particular kind of job to do with yeah. that recognition that like this is really my job. Mm-hmm. Right. What I showtime, do during basically. the day. Yeah, it's showtime. Um, and so really like what all of these stories hopefully um, represent is that there's a proper ordering of work and home that translates into these small acts of love um, that echo through the family. And what's interesting is I was actually giving a retreat a couple of days ago to um, some high school senior girls, but we were talking about like like at one point we we're talking about complementarity between men and women and for the the male side of things, we were talking about Adam and basically like his order of creation, the order in which he experiences creation is first like things, like mm-hmm. the stuff of earth yeah. and then work because he's given that commandment to like cultivate that priestly command right. to, to guard and to keep. I um, am earth.
0: I work earth.
2: Yeah. And then when Eve is created, uh-huh. he's given the the other, you know, the other person. And it's that order of things that goes huh. like things, work and, and other. Um, but it's the other that he's working towards because right. in, like, she's the she's the suitable helper. She's the means for his salvation. And so those other things are ordered towards her. That's fascinating. Ordered towards mm-hmm. her as family.
0: Right. So the means to the end of, of manhood, if you will, yeah. is arriving at woman. Yeah. yeah. And all these other things are, in a sense, kind of symbols of the good that is to be ultimately achieved mm-hmm. in the good of the other that is my wife. Right. Wowzer. Yeah. And when
2: you invert that order because of sin, um, when that order is inverted, um, let's say that, you know, you put things as like your ultimate goal Mm -hmm. and you are willing to, to use work and the other, the uh, woman, you go through them to get to those things. Let's Uh. say like you, you really are concerned with making a lot of money, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, or maybe work is the end. A lot of people will do this nowadays too, Mm -hmm. where like work is kind of, they're, they're, they're married to their job Mm -hmm. and so they'll sacrifice other things and including people, um, sometimes even the people that, that they love, the people that they're married to, for the sake of that, what they've placed as like the higher good. Right. Oh. But the original order, you know, in the beginning it was not so. The original <laughs> yeah. order is that that everything is to be done for the sake of the family, which is the, the fundamental cell of society. Um,
0: wow, it's interesting too, because there seems to be an overlay that that God's command to be fruitful and multiply uh, can't be fully realized unless that order is there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that that your your work that day comes to nothing if you 're yeah. not ordered towards your family right exactly
2: mm. and mm. it's i mean and it's mm. similar for Eve you know you have to think about eve is created and her first um foray into creation her first experience of creation is is man is another person so she's that's i mean why you could say that she's fundamentally relational women are very relational and we think in terms of those relationships whereas men don't necessarily they think more or are are capable of more abstraction women think um more often in concrete which is not to say that either one is not capable of the other but you know let's just stick with the topic right hand um (laughs) but but what's interesting is like her first her lens of of viewing creation is adam um and like the family that they create so like everything for her begins and ends with the family because it's still her purpose but it's also the beginning of her um her her way of viewing the world um and so what i what i was thinking about as i was preparing for this retreat was that like eve really her job is to like domesticate the world like to make a home out of the world, out of creation. So you have like God who who orders everything out of chaos, right? Um, we learn that from Genesis 1. So God orders everything out of chaos. Adam cultivates it. He guards it and he keeps it. That's his priestly function. And then Eve comes and she makes it a home. And that's different than just making it like livable. She comes and she like, she, she, she generates life, not only um, like incarnationally, like through through you know children, but she generates life just in the way that like the, the the harmony of nature, the harmony of creation, and the way that that men and women interact with each other, the way they interact with nature, that's her job.
0: Wow! So that actually breaks open the nuptial meaning of the body, yeah. even farther than just kind of the the biological and spiritual that we often think about, right? But but that that woman. Most beautifully, um, almost as if she is a genius, it's it's her job to to also make the world as it stands a home. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was it was relatively easy to do because everything was properly ordered. Huh? Right. And everything had, uh, everything was ordered towards God. And now, to to for, for a woman, especially I mean, if you like a single mom, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. To to domesticate the world, right, to make it a home, it's so much more difficult. Because there are all these missed priorities and, mm-hmm. and, and um, kind of misconstrued priorities as well.
2: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, and that's why like sometimes it's a little bit jarring to hear things laid out in these terms because mm-hmm. we don't always have that experience of right. how it should be or they're in the beginning yeah. how it was. And we
0: tend to look at it through modern eyes right. that that it's that it's somehow a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? for for a woman to exercise her feminine genius oh yeah by making a house a home
2: right? yes you
0: yes. know or an office a home too you know well I yeah mean, that's yeah.
2: exactly true because women are never called to stop being women exactly called to bring the feminine into the workplace Thankfully, which means that yeah that you should be domesticating. we as women should be domesticating every sphere of our life mm-hmm. and that that includes not just like physical places but it includes relationships right. so are we are we making are we allowing ourselves to be home for people yeah. and that's That's what, like, not to get too far afield, but you know, Edith Stein, she talks about um, woman uh, being fashioned as a shelter in which other souls may unfold, and I'm just fascinated by that idea of shelter. And I talked about this with the girls on the retreat too. Like, like a shelter is something sturdy, because if it's not, the people who are within it they die. Yeah. At the the slightest, you know provocation of wind they die so it has to she has to be a sturdy shelter she also has to be you know a place that's comfortable a place where people feel invited Mm -hmm. and their needs are met Mm -hmm. and they're cared for maybe they're corrected if that's what the case may be and then they're sent on their way like like that's a woman but it's 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 strength but it's sensitivity it's softness it's all of those things wrapped up into one uh yeah you know i i I struggled with that for a while because
1: I'm, I'm not an emotional touchy feely person. Um, and so in my teaching, like students would come to me and I'd be like, you know, like I, I can't, you know, yeah. but I have found in other ways and like, like that I have fulfilled that role and not even known it, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. To other people. and just been like, Oh, and when yeah. you like as a woman and I'm, I'm sure, you know, as men, when you fulfill that role yeah. you know, that, that men do, like you, f- and it's like, uh-huh. Star for the day, like yeah. I yeah. feel so good and mm-hmm. so like fulfilled and myself, you right, know. Right. Yeah. And, and I
0: think I've, you get it is because it's it's part of your antos. It's right. part of how you were made. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you do like eat, whether you realize that you were acting, you know, in your. Masculinity or your femininity authentically, whether you realize that you're doing it or not, you still have that kind of feeling of satisfaction, mm-hmm. yeah. and you might not know why, except for the fact that like creation is on your side and right. things are well yeah. ordered That's and in right. harmony. I have lived
0: according to my purpose right. for being. Right, yeah. and
2: so there's there's it comes from that like existential place, even if it's not cognitive. Right. Um. Mm. But yeah. But then we also, on the flip side, we know when things are, or we hopefully should know when things aren't right, right. Um, and we can sense that even if we can't put a name to it. Um, and so that's what the author of this uh, article is really kind of breaking open. Like when we when we want to say that work or other things have priority over home, mm-hmm. um that does damage for men and women, and it's not to say that that work isn't important because it is. It's it's, it's a fundamental instruction given to to Adam, given to Eve, um, just to cultivate the land. Right. That's a that's a particular job, and and like I've been saying, like it's a function of Adam's um, baptismal priesthood, right, or and, his, his and natural priesthood.
0: He was given the great. Well, he he, he had all grace right. to yes. do it, right? Yeah. and now uh, the the mandate doesn't change. Mm-hmm. We're still called to be co-creators, right? Mm-hmm. Co-cultivators with God but we, we then have to avail ourselves of the grace, certainly right. through baptism, mm-hmm. but then con- constantly, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's whenever we don't avail ourselves of grace or we fall out of grace. This is, by the way, why, why the church is such a, a defender of marriage, of the yes. sacrament of yeah. marriage, um, because whenever we fall away from those occasions of grace, all these things have no choice but to become disordered mm-hmm. because they're not aimed towards the ultimate end, which is God. Right.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's why, you know, again, like, it's not that work isn't important and it's not that it's not uh, something that we shouldn't pursue or we shouldn't have career aspirations. Like, absolutely not. No, we because should. Because it's part yeah. of personal flourishing. Mm-hmm. It's part of the uh, who we are. But it's also that's not the That's eudaimonia,
0: by the way there, uh, Jeff and Kathleen. Eudaimonia.
2: Oh. Eudaimonia. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. throttle. Oh. Wow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that eudaimonia,
0: which is human flourishing. Yes. I've mm-hmm. never heard that That's, that's term. your Greek word mm-hmm. for the day. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> you may go, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Next time on the Catholic Underground, Nick and McKee in ethics. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, yeah. um, I'm so happy that work got brought up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it, we have an, an ultimate end in mind and work is, like I was saying, one of those things that gets us to that end. Yeah. But if we invert the order, problems arise. So while You know, work can be a good in itself because it, it, you know, maybe it has a a noble purpose or it's sanctifying. Um, We should take care that it's done well and that it's always in the proper order.
0: And this is where a a man's role is very important in the family. Yes. Because whenever he fails to to privilege home above work, then the dominoes begin to fall.
2: Exactly, yeah. And when that happens, you see certain effects. You know, So first of all, let's say that in that situation, the, the husband can grow to see his family as a burden because remember, in that order of things, they're now kind of a hindrance to yeah. his ultimate goal, so which is work. Bros and
0: brewskis, then my wife. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, like mm-hmm. when I have time, I'll handle these things. Yeah but these things aren't things they're people they're my mm. family yeah. um and so those can get into the way of, get in the way of his higher purpose or what he's deemed to be his higher purpose his career and so then his principal identity then becomes you know part and parcel with his work with his job um, and then his primary relationships become that of like employer-employee um, because oh. that becomes like the view through which he he sees the world mm-hmm. obviously that's gonna do a lot of damage in the family life because your kids are not your employees and neither is your wife right. mm-hmm. you know and neither is your extended family are the people that help to run your home um, so wow. when home <laughs> starts to take on those kind of characteristics of the workplace then the family are they're reduced to that that, like subservient role. And that's when you, you see the damage of sin really being able to, to wreak havoc because that fundamental identity has been just yeah, taken out of the cooperator. picture. operator Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so then after that, you know, if the, if the wife and the mom is now kind of an employee, then her mission is obviously trivialized mm-hmm. because it's, it's, you know, by definition, hierarchically not as important. And so then she might even sense, begin to sense her own work as being, you know, not, uh, like the not common, yeah, the like not of the, of yeah. yeah, not the common like life work of the house, but, yeah. but something that's, that's a burden and something mm-hmm. that she has to like make excuses for, right. um, and, or something that she's offering for the service of a higher mission, which is not her, mm-hmm. which is not her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe she hasn't even assented to, yeah, uh, you know, she, maybe she doesn't have complete, um, acquiescence over that thing because she's not the boss quote unquote Um, Hmm. so then if work is that like separate good to home it's more natural that she begins to seek separate goods for herself at the expense of home life. Ah. And that's natural because like, oh, well that's his thing, so I'm gonna find my thing. Right. There's yeah. a, a sense Do of you find re- it reciprocity still. We talk
0: now about the man cave and the she shed. Do you yeah. think yeah. that that's an that's a externalization yeah. of this? Absolutely, yeah,
2: yeah. because even yeah. like in the workplace, you wanna have your own space. This yeah. is my office, this is my, my cubicle. desk, my copy or whatever. Like we, we, mm. we mark out spaces for ourselves uh-huh. and we demarcate boundaries. But in the family life, there can't be those kinds of boundaries. Right. There can't be the, right. this is mine, yeah. because then that's not a total free right. fruitful and faithful gift. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, in the marriage ritual, you wouldn't join your right hands yeah. before you declare your consent. Right. You yeah. know, you just kind of maybe... Maybe give just, an air five, right? you know? yeah. just if it suits me, up, I will yeah. do this. Yeah, thumbs, thumbs up. up.
2: <laughs> you did great. That's right. You did good. Good work, thumbs everyone. Up.
0: Is it good for the company? <laughs> yeah. right? mm-hmm.
2: So then, after that, you can see like the natural progression of things that the, their unity of purpose and their family life, the family, which is the fundamental cell of society it, and the church especially, it just dissolves. Mm-hmm. Um, so the admittedly tedious work of the home life it becomes uh, it can be and it is elevating and ennobling when both the husband and wife acknowledge that this is a good this mm-hmm. is something that we both need to take part in yeah and it's valuable in itself because it, it's going to help us towards our end which is flourishing as a family right. but when we don't have that mindset or when we have that mindset of like uh, the workplace employer employee yeah. balance, then those duties become menial, become heavy, become, Mm. well, I did the dishes last night. So it's your turn tonight. And they're not united towards a common purpose. Right. Right. And so then it becomes suffocating if you have, you know, maybe a particular burden of of chores or responsibilities in the home that aren't shared, that it becomes like a pettiness thing, like pettiness and selfishness can enter into those Uh, things.
0: And then that has repercussions, not just in the home, but spreads yeah. like a cancer to yeah. society. Oh yeah,
2: well because I mean we are we we don't exist alone. If we could be saved alone, we would be created one at a time, yeah. and that yeah. that goes far beyond just the boundaries of the family. Mm-hmm. And that goes be- into into the world, into our communities locally, but into the church and also into the world. What so, a terrible
0: holodeck simulation that would be, Jeff. Yeah, just saying.
2: So all oh, this to say that that. Yeah. that Fathers and husbands out there, like you your job is essential, and the Lord created you for it, and He He gave you the capacity to do it. He just needs you to to take it up upon yourself, to ask for the grace to do it. And maybe you're you're hearing some of these things, and you recognize it, and like, wow, okay, I need to reevaluate. And we all should reevaluate to what extent we've allowed these these ways of thinking to enter into our lives, um, and then just make a plan, make a mission, and and take up your mission again anew right. um, to keep moving forward because the reality is that like you have the the ability to sanctify your world you have yeah. the ability to sanctify especially your family mm-hmm. if you're if you're the head of that family ask for the intercession of Saint Joseph he will show up in amazing ways um, because it's a it's a holy purpose and it's worth. It's yep. worth you. Yep, yeah. that's,
0: that's, exact, that's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. to give a little sense of the proper ordering of things, the last words of Pope St. John Paul II were, let me go to the house of the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the one who called me into existence, to the one who taught me how to cultivate, the one who right. taught me how to wow. love. Yeah. Oh, wow, and, wow. and that's where I wanted to go. He wanted to go home. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we're headed. We're, we're not just headed you know, to, to like some big fishbowl for eternity. Right. We're headed to our home, our ultimate home, that is heaven, and so if that's where we're headed as, as hylomorphic creatures, as you know, body, soul, composites, if that's where we're headed, then we can begin to cultivate that now mm-hmm. in, in some symbol and sign, and that's most beautifully done through the sacrament of marriage within, within my home. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just take a little bit of a breather. <laughs> yes. And uh, now that we've taken our breather, we can go to that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. <laughs> for our CU pick of the week. Let's uh Olivia, let's go to you. Oh It's a new day.
2: It's a new day. Ah. Olivia's not following Kathleen. What's <laughs> up? Hey. Um Yeah, so I've been having a lot of conversations with people lately about like the need for beauty and like um intentionally um looking at, you know, different forms of art, music, whatever, and just like allowing ourselves to access that you know, dimension of reality. Anyway, so um I came across, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the young Catholic woman, Carolyn Shields. She does she has like a blog where people write letters. Okay, yes, I've seen that blog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um she's on Instagram. Anyway, she's she isn't doesn't have like a huge following, but she does really insightful things. Um and her blog posts are really beautiful. You're gonna love this. So it's called Vizio Divina. Yes. Um and this is new. I think in just the past couple of months she's helped to create this and it's it's like Lexio Divina, but through art. Right,
0: so, which is actually a thing. The Eastern uh, mm-hmm. uh, Eastern Catholics have Visio Divina. Right. Which is, yeah, exactly.
2: And she follows kind of the the story of salvation. Through um, sacred art. Through sacred art. So I'm trying oh. to find, so, you know, you have like your contemplatio. Oh, and it's, a little, like,
0: it's like a little oh. prayer workbook thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she goes through the Old Testament first. Oh, and, oh, you know, the first one is the... The creation of Adam. Nice. I have to make nice. sure
0: we put this in the show notes because I'm going to order it.
2: Right, and I—that was the thing. And then, okay, and she has like scripture and then questions to oh, pray no, that's with. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So would
0: this also perhaps work in a small group environment? Yeah, too? that's yeah. that's
2: why she helped to create this is for Very people to cool. like keep and out like and do by themselves, but also yeah. to do in a group setting because you can do the PDF version of this. This is the paperback version, oh. and then there's a hardback version. Um, so we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, I bought it for work so I could recommend more resources to people. But now I'm like, I, I want to keep it for myself mm-hmm. and do it with a, a group of people yeah. because this is, you know, it's just I, while
0: beautiful. I like the idea of a book club or something like that. That to me. Yeah. Of course, I'm visually oriented, right?
2: right? I, I, you, this mm-hmm. is. I didn't. I purposely didn't show him this before the show because I wanted to like watch his eyes light up. <laughs> but it's so beautiful, especially the way that it's laid out and everything. So, First the king yeah.
0: cake, and now the visio divina. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, mm-hmm. Well, follow that. No, I, I didn't mean to say that. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Well, There's some
0: history there, folks. Okay. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So I'm not a. I, I used to love to read, and then but then I became a theology major, and I read all kinds of spiritual things, and now I feel this is a personal thing. I always feel guilty reading things that aren't like of a theological oh, yeah. nature. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is a, an app called Overdrive, you can mm-hmm. download it onto your phone. And I like, I used to drive back and forth from New Orleans to Baton Rouge about an hour drive, give or take, spending. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a library card, I had to go get a library card, which was the funnest thing ever. <laughs> I was nerding out, and the people at the counter were like, oh, ma'am, just signed the back of the card. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> but anyway, if you have a library card, you go onto your app, boop-beep-boop-beep, boop, beep, you turn it in, and then you log in, and you can check out audiobooks or ebooks mm. for free.
3: For mm-hmm.
1: free on your Overdrive app. And Using so, like, your library card. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's really fun because if you get an audiobook, one person reads all of the voices, and it's so fun, <laughs> especially if it's like a, a large cast. So, I'm reading right now, I'm reading the Poldark series, and it's oh. British, and there's a lot of different Like, one guy does like 70, you know, voices. I love voices. That show. Wow. It's
2: awesome. Do you so, know
0: Jim Dale awesome. does the Harry Potter series, and he said that he did like 360 separate voices. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And so, so, he'd record hard. himself doing each of the voices so he'd know what they sounded like. Oh, my. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Overdrive.
3: Overdrive. Jeff, your pick of the week. Mine is called Voice Meter Banana. Oh. Well. It has nothing to do with uh, fruit, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Voice Meter and spelled with, uh, like meat. M-E-E-T-E-R. Oh, like uh, it's a meat software-based audio mixer, mm-hmm. and it's donationware, yep. uh, which means you pay what you think it's worth to you. All right? Yeah. But it has three mic inputs, a line input, And the source input, like Skype, utilizing, you can either have external sound cards or internal sound cards. And uh, uh, it it is packed with features. Uh, So in the show notes, we have uh, the the manual if you want to download and check it out first. Mm -hmm. And then also the download link if you want to try it out.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, my pick of the week actually came, I've been wanting to get this for a while, but my pick of the week was because uh, Dr. Brant Petrie was a speaker at a dinner that I went to Uh uh, this week. And you know, it's going to be a good dinner whenever you get like notes. Yes. (laughs) Dr. Petrie is notorious for this. He'll give you like Mm -hmm. class notes when he gives his talk, but the notes are on a, basically a part of a book that he wrote called Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. Hmm. And so while he was working on Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Eucharist, he was working on this book because as you know, many of you who have friends who are, uh, who are not Catholic, Mary is a big Mm hangup. And so he uh, talks a little bit about how for him, this was a big deal for him. Even though he was Catholic, uh, he was dating uh, the woman who would become his wife. She and her family are Baptist. And of course he would get grilled quite a bit Mm -hmm. every time he'd go over to their house. Interesting and so jesus and the jewish roots of mary is uh, is his answer to that mm-hmm. and it's really so i'll just give you a couple little do i have time jeff uh, sure why not yeah, yeah. Is,
3: is it deep I'm, I'm no no curious. so okay. so uh,
0: after yeah. the introduction uh, he talks about mary as the new eve uh, sort of the new ark the queen mother which is a big hang up mm-hmm. because she's yes. the the words queen mother are mentioned in the old testament it's not a nice thing uh, the perpetual virgin, the birth of the Messiah, the new Rachel, and at the foot of the cross. Mm. Mm. Wow. So, how do you? How is it that we call Mary the Queen of Heaven when mm. the Queen of Heaven in the Old Testament is actually a pagan goddess? How do we do it? Jesus and the Jewish roots of wow. Mary. Yes answers that question. Jeff, we're so, so thankful for all of those who uh, who are our benefactors. Yes,
3: and this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate, and uh, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash Underground. More info at catholicunderground.tv.
0: That's right, and I found out that uh, Audible is one of the, they've changed their URL, so... If oh. you try to use that, it won't work. But you didn't know that. It's okay. Okay. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. Olivia Galino, she's at the real OMG with periods in between there. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video and graphic director is Ed Ball. You know me, I think. I'm Father Chris. You can follow me on Instagram at digitalcatholic. We hope we helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We, my friends, are the Catholic Underground.